0: Hello, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Zooming in on Hate, a podcast series that brings together the brightest minds to figure out solutions to hate speech and disinformation.
1: Our plan is throughout this series to regularly speak to various different voices from Czech, civil society, from law enforcement and policymakers to help pick up, identify and analyze the latest social media trends.
0: And this podcast series is part of the European Observatory of Online Hate, or EOOH in short. And today we've got a special episode because we are Zooming in on the killing of two men outside of a gay bar in Bratislava on the 12th of October in a suspected hate crime. We are joined by Lukasz Zorat, who works for Partners for Democratic Change Slovakia, and that organization is part of the EOOH consortium
1: and so you know who we are i'm lydia elkouri from tech and
0: my name is jordi einhaus from dare to be gray
1: right lucas let's just get straight um into the issue and and the terrible event that happened this week in slovakia can you can you describe what happened from your perspective
2: oh, thank you thank you lydia and thank you for uh having me on this special episode yeah, what, what basically happened, you mentioned it already, that uh, two uh, young people were shot dead and one was injured uh, in front of a known uh, gay bar in, in Bratislava. In something what we now have uh, classified as a first uh, a hate crime, or it was a crime of hate, uh, because it was the, the LGBT community was specifically targeted and uh, we are now our police is investigating it as as a terrorist attack which is which is the first one in in slovakia when when i learned about the attack was from social media from owner of the bar who just posted i am okay so immediately i started to because i know him he's, he's a friend so i started to search what what has happened and uh only then i learned that uh, at around it was wednesday at 7 p.m. uh this this horrible thing uh, happened and i was horrified not only because it was horrible news but also because in this case it was really really personal personal to me personal to uh many of my friends because this this gay bar it was a small cozy place where really many of my friends found safe haven it was a place where they felt like they're well received, accepted, respected, loved. It was home for, for many, many people. In, in fact it was really truly the only place in Bratislava where, where my wife, uh who herself belongs to a very visible minority, because she's from from Kenya, that was the only place where she uh felt really safe. And just just recently she went there for a drink Uh, And she went there alone. But in in this bar, you really never are alone. Uh, Truly, the the owner of the bar, uh, Roman, uh, himself personally uh, spoke to her and made sure that she feels good, uh, introduced her to other people. And that evening she came home really, really happy because she had a fabulous evening. It's, you know, for, for a black person in, in our country, that was one of the very few places where she didn't experience sexism, tokenism and other inappropriate behaviors that she often encounters in public spaces in Bratislava, unfortunately, like even public transport. And this, this feeling of safety now has been eroded not only for her, but uh, for many, uh, many more people.
0: I can imagine Lukas, and that, that sounds very rough. Um, I think one of the things we we might have to unpack here is is the fact that it's now being classified as a as a terrorist attack. I think, of course, that's that's a very um, interesting point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know that there's there's there are some facts and some tweets that are circulating online surrounding the attacker. So can you tell us a bit more about the attacker and maybe also the reason why it's now being classified as a terrorist attack?
2: Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, And before I say anything about him, I have to say that the attacker was found dead the following morning. And in something what seems like a suicide, he killed himself. Um, And before i go to the tweets and the reasons why we know it's a hate crime or a terrorist attack i would also like to say that and even though it might sound counterintuitive uh that i'm also very sorry for the loss of his life and for his parents who lost a son because mm. as as the owner of the bar roman said it very correctly during the press conference in the aftermath of the events this boy was also a victim as victim of all the poison and hatred that, uh, uh, we can see on the, on the internet. And in this case, seems like also in his, uh, private life too. Uh, and on his social media, uh, he was sending out signals that he is going to do something. He was posting tweets in those tweets. He m- messaged, uh, Prior to the attack, he messaged things like, I have made my decision, it will be done. And after the attack, very few minutes after the attack, uh, feeling no regrets isn't that funny. Or, you know, he was putting the hashtag directly, the gay bar uh, Bratislava hate crime. Himself, he was posting these tweets. And uh, he has also published a manifest was a 60-pager of uh, his thoughts. And from that, you could see that uh, this is a work of young and very inexperienced, confused uh, boy. He was a teenager. He was 18 years old, I think. Um, and this 60-pager was full of anti-Semitic, anti-LGBT, anti-establishment hate speech. And it seems that he was uh, pretty much inspired by those of Anders Breivik and Henry Fennett and other mass murderers and other terrorists, because he was also posting that directly that uh, these people are my inspiration. So that's how we know that the attack was directed towards the community. He did not know the victims. He was apparently trying to do this before but he didn't uh, gather enough courage but this time he did gather enough courage he went there he was standing there in front of the bar for around half half an hour or or even more before he did it and and uh, the unfortunate boys uh, and the victims of the murder were sitting on on the bench in front of the bar Uh, so he shot them uh, there
1: Thanks, Lukáš, and I, I can really appreciate how hard it is for you to to speak about this incident. It, do you think it's too early to say whether he he's he would be another example, the perpetrator could be another example of how online radicalization or influence has led to real world harm?
2: Uh, absolutely. I, I, I think that it's very clear. Uh, because according to what we know, even from his parents now, is that he really did spend plenty of time online. He played games online. So he was involved in the gamer communities. And he attended or, or he was active not only on Twitter, but also or on 4chan. So it's more on the alternative platforms or fringe platforms where uh, the normies, as they are called, are not, uh, you know, Definitely, definitely, he radicalized uh, a lot uh, in the online space.
0: Yeah, and it it seems like he was kind of open about it, um, tweeting visibly uh, about Breivik, for example. Um, but also, I, I believe he mentioned that he was going to do it quite bluntly and openly on Twitter. So that makes me wonder, do you think um, this could have been prevented in any way? And maybe a more constructive question would be, what can we do to prevent this from happening in the future?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good question. I think everybody is now asking that question. Uh, The the city of Bratislava is now asking, what can we do as a city? Uh, We are asking, what can we do as as, a CSO or a non-governmental organization, have we done enough until now and uh, yeah the, the, this boy was signaling he was signaling and that is very common for uh, other attackers uh, the ones that he mentioned that were his inspiration were doing the same they were giving signals very clear signals that hey something is not wrong right in my life uh I have concerns and I have problems so this is where I believe um uh, Something definitely can be done and even projects such as uh, EOOH uh, can be potentially helpful because if we are able to use the artificial intelligence to monitor these uh, social networks and to identify these kind of callings and the signals that these young people are uh, giving, we might be able to to detect and... and uh, identify vulnerable uh, people. Why I say vulnerable? Because as I mentioned in the beginning, I believe that he was also a victim, victim of the system and victim of, of what we see uh, online. And then uh, we what we also know about the attack that he used a gun from his father, his father's gun uh, to kill. Uh, there the police you know when they when they detect something they're able to just check like hey does this person who is signaling something has the means to do something wrong and if yes then maybe that's a, that's a you know a moment where uh, we can contact the parents the school uh, other people who are in contact in the person, and start to talk to him and start asking these people questions. How is your life? What is troubling you? Uh, what, I, I really think this, these are the preventive actions that uh, that we should be doing, and there is a very clear line between what is happening in the online world, like lots of, of that can be done uh, behind the, from behind the computer, you don't have to go anywhere, and the rest has to be done offline, uh with people who are somehow closely connected uh, to this person we had we had some indications that uh the school that he was attending and by the way the attacker was attending school for uh highly intelligent uh, kids so so he he was intelligent uh in the school they they have uh, detected that he has uh, he has certain problems that he has anger issues and 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 uh, you know, something was not uh, completely right. So they were suggesting for him to uh, meet a psychologist, but in this case, sadly, the parents did not comply. Uh, but but he, here is where I really think, because, and it's tricky, of course, because very many people send out these signals, uh, but not everyone will eventually end up committing the crime. So this is very difficult. But uh, if it's coupled up with uh, the the... The, the police, the databases and the knowledge that, hey, this guy not only signaling, but also has the means or potential means. So, uh, you know, put a red flag on it. And then... Um, involve lots of other people who need to be trained and this is also a problem for example in Slovakia uh we do have psychological centers that work closely with schools but unfortunately they are not trained in uh, how to recognize the science of radicalization or extremism they are afraid to jump into these topics because they think that they don't understand the online environment and the young people will uh y- you know will uh be much stronger in their knowledge and they will not be able to intervene and stuff like that so so we really need to uh, also put lots of effort into training the specialists who are involved and close uh, to these kids.
1: Lukas can I ask you to describe in detail how the community, how the Slovak community has responded to this incident because it, it must have caused a whirlwind of, of in- incredible sadness confusion and so many different very unusual things taking place the the murder of innocent people in in, you know in the middle of Bratislava in the middle of the capital and the fact that this young person was signaling such hate and nothing was done about it how how can all this be processed by Slovak society
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, And I think the immediate response from many uh, was excellent. Uh, First, from the owner of the bar, Roman himself, who himself, he has been in the LGBT activism for over 12 years. And even though his response was obviously very emotional and full of pain, he was very authentic in that. uh, I believe he was also very professional in the messaging and in what he was trying to then communicate through the media when he was asked. I, I admire him completely for, uh, for the way he handled it. Uh, and it was also him who said as the first person that uh, he recognized that the attacker was a, was a victim. He understood it. So so that was very important that he said it out in, in a press conference. Um, And it was him and other experienced LGBTQ organizations who who recognized that the anger now that people feel and naturally feel must be directed to something more constructive. And even though it might sound horrible to say it, uh, you know, treat it as an opportunity to increase the help uh, to oppressed minorities, not just LGBTQI, but to other minorities who are oppressed and who are calling for rights. Uh, I have been calling for rights for decades now, and, and many of that is simply not happening. Uh, two days after that uh, attack, a vigil was uh, held in the city of Bratislava. That uh, I was there with my son, and uh, it was attended by 16,000 people, which is much more than any other annual pride that we have in Bratislava. You know, there's pride once a year every summer, and I think the record number of people there was around 10,000 people. So now, in response to this, uh, that was a big, big uh, crowd that uh, that turned out. And and uh, and the, the beginning of the crowd, there was our president, the Slovak president, Zuzana Caputova who was also photographed in a very powerful photograph uh, with with Roman with the owner of the bar crying and hugging him together which which it might sound uh, just as a normal human gesture but in Slovakia where many people have you know many people still feel a disgust towards lgbt QI community um this was a very strong gesture and, and very good gesture i believe so the initial response was was excellent. But of course, later on, alternative narratives started to pop out, disinformation started to pop out. And we are back to the usual polarization, unfortunately, right now it feels like lots of lots of that uh went uh, down to the toilet because unfortunately um some groups just took it as an opportunity to to uh push their own propaganda
0: yeah that's that's something we're we're seeing often right um groups jumping on a, a current event like this and trying to to propagate for their own well hateful uh ideologies so let me, let me ask, and probably this is a very tough question to answer, but I, I still want to, to ask it anyway. Um, what, what do you think will happen in the future in um, Slovakia? Do you think this actually might help the emancipation of the LGBTQ plus community? Or do you see this as causing more hate and friction in society?
2: Yeah, this is a tough question and I don't have the answer. What I already know is that few days um, after this, uh, the Slovak Parliament was discussing new bill, proposed bill to to uh, do minor improvements for the LGBTQI community in registered partnerships. It wasn't a big deal, but it was a step forward, and only only very few uh, the MP of the MPs has actually voted for it, even though after the right after the attack every single one of them has condemned the attack even the ultra conservatives and even the far-right people who are often found to be very strong in their messaging against LGBTQI community they condemned the murder they said this is you know this is not acceptable this is not what we want they said no to violence and we hoped that okay, but now you, you see what's the problem, and, and and the call the 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 calls of these groups for their rights that have been calling for them for decades. This is the time to do a gesture towards them. Unfortunately, it was not passed uh, even to the second uh, hearing. So uh, we are where we were, and I have really no clue how long we will be in this marasm. Uh it all depends on who we will vote for in the next election. It seems like because that's that's how democracy works.
1: Thanks, Lukas. And just to just to wrap up our conversation today, I, I suppose I really want to come back to the online offline harm situation. Do you, do you see any hope that the the parallels between the two might be drawn more clearly in Slovakia now after this? Horrible, horrible event, and that there's there's hope for the future to take online harm more seriously, from the perspective of maybe law enforcement, from politicians, from civil society. It's 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 a horrendous incident, but it's it's that the drawing the link between the two is something that our community constantly needs to draw attention to. I feel, and I just wonder, does it does it. Does it give you any hope that we can um, take online harm more seriously as a result?
2: It does and I think it's already happening. The Slovak police is now uh, really responding and is trying to uh, make sure that uh, they take it seriously and they give signals that they are taking it seriously. Uh, The city of Bratislava is trying to figure out what they can do as a city. in fact, they are now joining the the Strong Cities Network, which is the network of uh, cities worldwide that are trying to uh, tackle extremism on a local level, or they're trying to prevent extremism on local level. So they are going to try and learn from the experience of other cities in the world. Um, and i yeah i really believe this is where uh or thanks to this unfortunate uh event we have also learned lots of lessons and gathered lots of information and and the discussion is ongoing uh the the discussion will and it's taking place behind the scenes a lot uh so i i really hope for certain improvements yes but it's very sad that uh you know uh, something like that has to happen in order to for people to understand that hey we have to take this more seriously. I don't blame anyone uh, because it's the online world is a wilderness and it's a new for everyone. Majority of people had no clue that fortune existed before this event. You know that's really something that you don't have in mind. Uh, but hopefully, even parents, you know, will be more sensitive to what their kids are doing online. Um, when they play games, for example, or, uh, you know, teachers will be more aware of of uh, such signals when the kids are saying something. You know, in Slovakia, we have this, this uh, shut up and go with the flow culture where in schools, you're not really allowed to express your feelings or opinions. And I hope that um this incident will give people some sort of recognition that this is this is not the way to go we really need to speak more and listen more to our students and hear their troubles and so on and so on so there is plenty of people who can learn and draw lots of lessons from this
1: and and i think you you hit another nail on the head it's it's the pivotal role that fringe media alternative media play In making the situation even worse and allowing some people to push freedom of speech to the point of of danger and life uh, threatening other people's lives. So, you know, uh, the role of moderation in social media is is a topic we're constantly talking Mm -hmm. about, but. Um,
2: And it's a difficult one because, you know, if you remove the content from social media, they move somewhere else and they do it uh, out of the radar. You don't, you are not able to detect it, therefore. So it's a really difficult game uh, that we are playing here. And nobody, I don't think anybody has the solution, the right balance. Uh, So it's something we need to constantly discuss and think about.
1: Yeah, it's a vicious circle that we can't just, we just can't seem to break.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes knowing the enemy, as you say, you know, or knowing what is happening uh, is is better than not knowing, because you have the opportunity to talk to those people and to prevent them from happening. There are great models of, of such in Norway or in Denmark, uh, where these multiple stakeholders and institutions do work and are connected, and you know there is like school. Uh, parents, uh, local municipality and the police all working together and are trying to see uh, see it from the perspective of the young people and I'm here specifically focused especially on the young people because that is where we have the most power to do something with the older generation it is more tricky and more 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 difficult already but uh, I think we really need to focus on the young people mainly
1: so, Lukáš, thanks so much for joining us on, on Zooming in on hate and, and for sharing your personal and your professional experience of this horrendous murder in Slovakia. And I hope we'll never have to have this conversation again about uh, a similar kind of incidents in, in Slovakia. So thanks so much for joining us.
2: I, I hope so too, and thank you.
0: Me too, Lukáš, and thank you again. Also, a thank you to our listeners. Thank you for joining this special episode of Zooming in on Hate. Make sure to subscribe to our mailing list at www.eoh.eu to be updated on our next episodes and to gain other insights. And you can also join this conversation on Twitter and LinkedIn.
1: So really important to say thanks to our funder, the European Commission's Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme by DG Justice. Thanks for listening and stay tuned.
0: Goodbye.